Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and talking movies. This is our spoilers review of M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin, and I'm your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. Joining me is our legal counsel, Ronnie Cycli. To review this movie as we do all of our movies using the five Bro Four Squad criteria, which is the acting, the story, our favorite scene, impact of the movie, and its rewatchability. Cycli, before we dive into it, uh, again, spoiler-heavy review, so if you've not seen Knock the Cabin, pause us, go spend an hour and 40 minutes at the theater watching it, and then come back and unpause this. But going in, I think it's important context. What are your thoughts on M. Night Shyamalan as a director, just so the people know where we're coming from? Are we fans? Are we haters? I, I don't know what, I don't know if there's a category to describe what I am with M. Night. Like, I, I, Interested? I say, I guess. Yeah, I, here's what I'll say. In an era of Hollywood where we get a ton of remakes, rehashed ideas, I, and I've said this about other movies, and I've said this about M. Night before, I will always appreciate originality. Not saying that it hits every time. And sometimes yeah. it's bad. And you know what? Sometimes that's what you pay for. You pay the price to see original original thought doesn't mean good. Um, but for me, I appreciate that. And, and it's worth you know paying eight dollars ten dollars uh to see a movie that at least you're getting a fresh idea so i will always i will say i'm not a M. night fan but i respect M. night and i will always give him a shot what about you i feel the same way i think i'm maybe more of a fan than you are but he he's appointment television for me in the sense that i'm always very interested when i hear he has a new project because outside of avatar i think nothing he's done has been ip i know some of these are like loosely based on books like this and old mm -hmm. but for the most part it's him adapting a screenplay that he either wrote or that he came across that he thought was really interesting. And it is usually a swing for the fences, which takes balls because when he has missed, he has been panned pretty hard by critics. Um, yeah, the fact that he stuck around. No, I mean, some of the misses he's had. The dude is resilient. I'll give you that. And I will have to do an episode where we go back through his whole filmography because I think he has more hits than misses. But I think the reason that he, he's such a polarizing director is when he swings and misses, it is bad. Yeah. But when he hits, it's pretty cool. It's a funny It'd be interesting to do. We did the Christopher, we, that, not as a full concept, but we did the Christopher Nolan rundown of his filmography. And obviously, like, you're having hit after hit. And you're almost, like, insulting movies that you're saying are his worst movies when they're not bad movies. Yeah. M. Night is a guy who's pumped out a ton of film. And, I mean, if you... Whatever spectrum or graph you want to draw, you know bell curve, whatever. There, it's all over the place. It is. It is all over the place. He has some of the greatest movies, some of the worst movies, and some of those forgettable movies. Like not not in a bad or good way, just very neutral. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about that film. Yeah, but again, give the guy credit because he keeps stepping up to the plate. Yep, so. exactly. All right, so the acting and cast, who stood out for you, positive or negative? Here, we got to see some. Uh, Actors in some interesting roles, specifically Dave Bautista, I think, as I guess I would consider Leonard the lead, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So who, good or bad, who stood out to you? Well, first of all, can I just comment? I think when we did our old commentary about a year and a half ago, and, and really a consistent theme in M. Night movies, even his better and top-rated movies have struggled with writing and have struggled with acting. Yes. What makes his movies great is always a story, is a twist, it's like... You just get entranced by it. The, he's never been known as a filmmaker who has had his performers and actors deliver just just iconic roles. 
Um, yeah, he does not get good performances out of traditionally good actors. No, and, and I don't think that's even debatable. I mean, yeah, you, you can talk about Bruce Willis has always been oh, good or whatever in science, uh, not science, um, Sixth Sense. And, and Joaquin and, Phoenix was pretty good in science. But... Joaquin Phoenix was good in science. Yeah, like, but but usually you have one person doing a good job and like other people just written poorly. Here's the funniest thing I'm going to say about this film. This might be one of his best overall cast acted films i'm talking about from like a top-down performance now you don't have a lot of people in this movie right you really have a handful of people and that kind of helps but old was kind of the same way maybe a slightly larger cast but old as and i will say this i liked old more old had that feel of like the acting isn't that great um dave batista 100 i want i i don't think he's having like a pedro pascal moment per se but he is really starting to win, like uh, get some attention. I think people are realizing his talent. Um, I, I, for one, I mean, considering the knives out um, glass onion that just came out, he, he made a comment about not getting a lot of rom-com roles and he like made a kind of like self deprecated humor. It's like, is it how I look? Which kind of makes you go, aw. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he was really good in this. Um, I'm a big Harry Potter fan, so it was great to see Rupert Grant for the 20 minutes he was in the movie. Yeah, really underutilized, I thought. Underutilized. Like, I don't want to say bait and switch because they really didn't market him that much. But when I saw he was in this, I was like, oh, cool. And then yeah. I realized pretty early he's not long for this film. No, 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 very not. Yeah. And um, I mean, I I know you'll take this. So the the girl who played when Kristen Kui, I think, oh. is how you say it. Yeah, her um, first oh, uh, movie. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, which was impressive. And I think the, the rest of the cast was okay. Um, Nikki Amuka Bird, she was in Old. Um, you know, M. Night likes to take... Was she someone lot. at the resort in Old? Who was she? She now? was the one who had the Epilochus Caesars. Oh, wow, that's right. Yeah, so, I mean, M. Night's kind of known for reusing people, so he always probably likes a specific group. So, uh, overall, I mean, I, I wouldn't say every person in this movie was great. I will just say... It was really well acted overall for an M night. So what about you? Yeah, first off, Abby Quinn, who plays Adrian, if she I thought she was Jenny Slate even after I looked up that she wasn't Jenny Slate. But That's then you not... double checked it and then you found out. I had to she triple was. check it. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, Kristen Kui as Wen I thought was unbelievable. Like one of the best performances in this movie. And she actually has a lot of heavy lifting to do. Like directing her must have been pretty difficult, like trying to keep her in character in scene she has to witness some traumatic stuff that mm-hmm. like it's not like she's just sitting there like uttering cute lines the whole time she has some like serious weight to pull for this batista was awesome i although it's really weird like if you read leonard on paper it's interesting that they cast him because his appearance he plays a second grade teacher yeah. and i mean he just does not look like what you would cast for that role i'm surprised they even read him for this to be honest um, just cause he doesn't, there's really nothing even in the script that necessitates him looking like Dave Bautista, right? Unless I'm missing something. <laughs> could you, could you imagine having a kid and going to the second grade, your, your, your kid's parent teacher conference and, and you want to like yell at the teacher and that's who they're like, shows your up. child is being disruptive of class and you're sitting across Dave Bautista. You're like, yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, no, yes. I'll punish him the second. Yes. I <laughs> um, Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge, Ben Aldridge. I haven't seen anything. He hasn't been in too much, uh, who play Eric and Andrew in this. I just thought they had really inconsistent performances. Jonathan Groff, obviously we know from Hamilton. He's in, um, the matrix, uh, reloaded. I don't know, man. 
I think at the end he delivered pretty well, but there were some moments in the middle of this where I was definitely getting not on the same level, but like Mark Wahlberg in the happening, like I don't really give a shit vibes from him, almost like mm. kind of making fun of M Night and the dialogue he'd written for him. Did you get that vibe at all, or am I just kind of reading into this one? I, I got a little bit. Like I said, for me, it's coming from that perspective. Like I'm like acting like I'm praising the cat, praising the cast. I think overall between uh, between Ben and Jonathan, it was like they were probably the weakest to me. But again, it goes back to the overall average I see out of M Night movies. And it, 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 when I watched The Happening with Mark Wahlberg, I was like, dude, you are bad. Yeah, he's like, like making a joke of it. Bad. Like I didn't feel like this. I felt like maybe these guys were genuinely like, just that's who they were as actors. Like Mark Wahlberg, you know, he has more depth than that, right? Like and so, like yeah, it's maybe tough I just to didn't for... know enough about them. It's tough too for Groff because he's playing a character who's concussed for probably ninety percent yeah. of the movie. So it's also like how much of his mental faculties does he have about him? And even as he like kind of comes to terms with what's happening, like I don't know, how do you how do you even direct someone to play like, hey, you're someone who realizes that you need to die for the world to survive? It's sort of a tough sell. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else on cast? Ready to move on to story? Yeah. No. No. Like I said, it was a, a good cast in my opinion. I'll say for M. Night, like we said, I have kind of a low bar in terms of what he can draw yeah. as far as performances out of actors. So that was certainly not one of my main issues with it, even though I exactly. felt Exactly. Like that, that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. All right. The plot synopsis, according to IMDb, is while vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Now, Cycle, you and I talked about this after the fact, and I was even worried going in because of this. But... I don't know how much you can blame M. Night for this. I think this movie was a victim of overmarketing in the sense that the whole allure to his films is sort of the mystery going in. Yeah. And I could have literally just taken a trailer where there's a knock at the cabin and you look through the window and they see these guys with weapons outside. Instead, we get pictures of this huge tidal wave happening yeah. and like the actual apocalyptic events. And sort of the whole tension in the film, especially in the second act, is are these people who knocked on the door actually crazy and full of shit or is this really happening and we need to be scared with the two protagonists? So as the story sort of developed and just the overall plot, which is really, it's a high concept, but it's a simple premise. Like how did this work for you? Yeah, I agree. I, I sometimes I do a good job uh, lately of going to movies completely blind movies that you and I have done commentaries on. And we talk about like leading up to it and I'm like, like barbarian, for instance, I didn't want to know anything at all smile i didn't want to know anything and i came out of both of those movies with slightly different opinions on, on my expectations and so but at least i was surprised i i really appreciated the concept i i could have done a trailer like you said with the knock at the cabin even up to the point to where they say we need one of you to die or the world is going to end yeah but like the second they started showing planes the, coming out of the, the sky and yeah. tidal waves like you mentioned it really took away, like, you made me want to be like, no, 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 no. This is like a double, like the red herring, like, you know, M. Night's not going to show us us. And so the whole movie, I was almost hoping that wasn't the case, right? Like, I was almost taking me out of the movie enjoying experience where I was there for the mystery. Yeah, because you're almost like, why would they use that to sell the film if that's yeah. actually where this is going? And, and and so for me, at the end of the day, like, um, it kind of left me wanting. 
Which sucks because I used to love trailers, man. I used to be like that 90s trailers voice, like in a world where one person. One man. Like, I would love that. Like nowadays, because I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, so comment below if you're listening and know more than I do. But I'm pretty sure from what I know is movie studios send specific amount of clips to trailer making studios. And the trailers, the trailer making studios make the trailer. Like, does M. Night have any say? I don't know. Maybe yeah, not. I, don't know I, wish... I know Zack Snyder used to have a pretty heavy hand on his trailers, but I do think it's, yeah, they send him a plot synopsis and like a mix of some clips. And yeah, I used to say, like, put together like a two minute, you know, highlight reel of this. Yeah. But enough on the trailer. What I'll say about the story is I think, like you said, it's a simple concept with highbrow idea, like, of a, you know, we've all talked about it. We've all thought about it. Remember when we were kids? And we would have the um, the train proposition where you have a pe- five people laying on a train and you have one person laying on a train track and the train's going to hit the one person and you could, or the five or the five people. And you have the lever where you can make the train change and kill one person instead. But you're yeah. responsible at that moment for killing one person. Whereas you're not responsible if that train hits five people was already on that path. What is the, what is the ethical move there, right? Like that's something we've always talked about. We've all, and we all have this aura of importance of ourselves. Like, yeah, we're really not that important, but maybe I am just that important, right? That's what we get out of Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and these ultra, you know, like just mega movies and books that make us feel like we're part of the plot uh, and special. This, that, that's what this movie has. That's the concept that it's playing with. So I think the story is fantastic. Um, overall and I think it's something that can draw anyone in yeah it's interesting though like that the key moral dilemma that um, Andrew and Eric are facing I almost feel like the movie like that's not the idea that it really wants to put on the viewer because maybe I'm totally misreading this but the whole time I wasn't so concerned with like will Eric and Andrew make this ultimate sacrifice I was way more focused on like is this actually fucking happening right you know, so like I was less thinking about the moral dilemma you talked about, which is a really interesting idea. Would you do this knowing what the stakes are versus like every time something was shown, it was kind of the unreliable narrator. Like, is this a bullshit video clip they're showing them? Did they just get lucky and predict something that happened like this? When the news clip comes about the uh, like the pandemic, it's like, well, this disease is already like the guy already read about it in the news. So maybe part of the red maybe it wasn't even a, a red herring because again sort of the twist with m night here is almost that no this is just a take it at face value twist. story yeah <laughs> but i still think it was a really interesting concept i just think it was over marketed and at the end of the day maybe it was my own fault but the way that that interesting question or that interesting dilemma is presented to the viewer to me it almost felt like it was so shrouded in this mystery of is any of this like are these stakes mm-hmm. real that I really couldn't emotionally invest in that too much. Well, and that's the thing, though. I will say the biggest problem with the flaw of the movie, and, and this is interesting for me to bring, bring up because I'd love to get your opinion, because they're about the same time and length and, and different concept, but I didn't feel as much of an emotional connection to the story. Like you're saying, you're focused on, is this real or not? Right. I'm not sitting there like being emotionally invested in their relationship and the choice they have to make. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because we didn't really develop into their relationship originally. I also think part of me would be like, I I love what he said at the beginning. He was like, fuck everyone else in this room. Fuck, I let them all die. I'll, right. I'll walk the, the earth the rest of my life. This is bullshit. Well, and that's what why, gonna... sorry, at the end, I was less like, wow, that's a tough choice you had to make. And more like, 
oh, this is really happening. Yeah. Well, like, so old, I just referenced earlier, which is M. Night's last film. And I think they're pretty on par with each other. If you if we ever have an episode where we talk about M. Night's ranking of his filmographies, they're probably pretty close to each other. I personally felt more, even though the acting wasn't as good, felt more emotionally invested in old. And I think it's because while, yeah, it's probably the same time run and we didn't theoretically get more time with the characters, seeing them age together and the relationships oh, yeah, that and their was emotions, the the yeah. I felt like I was emotionally getting my heart torn out for this family, right? Like who's being tormented, this this old couple, who's, this young couple who is having troubles and now it's old old couple, the children who lost their youth. That that hit me kind of hard because I think that's something we deal with all the time, seeing our parents age, getting older mm-hmm. every day. I, this movie, I didn't feel that connection. So you're right. I was more into like, is this happening or not? And like part of it, I'll take a little bit of blame. Maybe I'm reading into something that he's not really trying, like a bill of goods. He's not really trying to sell me. But I really do feel like the movie is at least equally, if not more so, focused on us trying to navigate this potential apocalypse versus like eric and andrew's relationship and again yes i understand m night is maybe like incapable or just not as interested in telling this story as like a straight up story about their relationship but putting it in that context of like the world is potentially ending you can't really blame the viewer for being a little bit distracted by the bright shiny lights of that all right best scene now i'm interested because you texted me before and said you actually have a dumbest scene do you just want to start with that first yeah usually we don't do dumbest scene but like if you've seen the movie in which i hope you have by the time you're listening to this if you're still listening and haven't like are you asleep maybe you are there's people like me and brian we don't mind spoilers as much as others so um first of all the dumbest scene in the movie is where they lock batista or leonard in the bathroom and like they literally lock him in the bathroom, and five seconds later, hear the, him break the window, and immediately like, is he still in there? And instead of just focusing on themselves, yeah, who cares? Out, they, 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 you have a gun. They're like, is he in there? And we're gonna check if he's in there. Also, and I like how they go, Leonard. Like he would Leonard, respond to them. Like they open the door, and the window is so fucking tiny. Yeah, there's no. There's zero percent chance. Dave Bautista's dick couldn't have fit through that. Like, bro, one hundred percent, Leonard or is not getting through that and even if he could get through that he would be at that time within a minute still halfway through the window wriggling himself out although dude give the guy credit it was the playoffs and he got shot in the arm and, did and not, he held it together he, he didn't even go oh <laughs> which like i don't that was respect but i just like i thought that was so dumb like dude just leave him be at that point you have a gun focus on your family and then two you're so dumb he's clearly behind the behind the the uh batchy yeah. like although you you joke and it was kind of stupidly set up, but I still did feel a little bit of tension when he was like about to oh, open that shower curtain. I did. It was still a good scene. I'm just saying, like character yeah. wise, it was so dumb. Leonard. Uh, Leonard. <laughs> Leonard. Yes, he's behind the curtain. I'm here. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um. Sorry. Oh. Uh, so yeah, that was my dumbest scene. I don't know if you had a dumbest scene, but I thought that was a funny one. I did. Um, I was interested in what you would go with. Yeah. My my favorite scene. I'll just say it's actually like the opener. Um. I thought the. That's what I had. Oh, did you? Okay, good. So, yeah, I'll just mention the sense of dread. I thought um, one's character sold it so well, meeting an adult who comes across trying to be nice, but you don't, you know, they're up to something. Can um, I just say though, I don't know how he. This is all on Batista. I didn't feel creeped out by him at all in that moment. Like there was a genuine 
connection that he had with when that like I'm thinking of, and this is a weird analogy, but like Steve Buscemi and Con Air, I didn't get like creepy pedo vibes from him at all. I legitimately was like, I, this guy seems pretty uh, heartfelt in what he's saying. Yeah, I think the thing is for us as viewers, I agree. But I, you know, when you look at it from the concept of a kid, like coming yeah. out of you know middle of nowhere and she's been told about strangers and obviously we get to know Leonard is a genuine character. Like literally yeah. he is a second grade teacher. He is someone who cares about the youth. Uh, but it, for me, it was that sense of like, I didn't know where the movie was going yet. Right. The idea of, of that for all of us, is just like that sense of like, Hey, we're going to come into your house. Yeah. Right. Like strangers wise, like whether this wasn't a horror movie, but like if it had been, what a cool opening. Right. To be like, we're going to come in. Yeah. Setting the table for what's going to like, you can lock the door. So, yeah, go ahead. You, you since you're picking the same scene. Yeah. Elaborate. Well, I had that one. But one other one I wrote down just because this was the first time or in the movie that my mind was really kind of in a pretzel as to how realistic is this. And it's when Adrian uh, sacrifices herself and the planes start falling from the sky mm-hmm. that the beginning with the tidal wave. I think I actually thought, OK, this is real. When she killed herself and that started happening, I started to have a little bit of suspicion about, like, is this staged? Are they piping in this video feed to the house? Mainly just because, um, was it Ben? I already fucking closed out his name. But uh, Eric and Andrew, I'm sorry. Andrew's, Ben Aldridge plays Andrew. Andrew was so sure that he had seen this footage before Mm -hmm. uh, that I was getting convinced that this is all bullshit. So for me, I like that scene just because... I think the most tension between is this actually happening or are these people just fucking with this couple? That was when it felt uh, at least the decision on what which way was I going to lean felt the most real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say to your point about that, that, you know, what scene took me out the most movie, the most were the news story. Scenes. Yeah, they I, were bad. It was almost because the anyone obviously that has ever watched live TV, it's annoying to find what you're looking for but anytime they turned the tv on it was like the exact moment they were yeah. referencing what they had just put arrested development is the original development was so good at making fun of that concept they'd be talking about something and they'd, they flip on the tv and it'd be like on a middle commercial and a person would be like imagine the impact if what we were talking about had been on tv at that exact moment <laughs> but no, like, you know, not only that, like the coincidence that they're talking about it, the del- like it just felt that that part of the movie felt really cheap. It just felt like that, yeah. like the the we watch. I'm not trying to come like we watched 9/11 happen on TV, right? Like you saw the fear and like the realness of it from the anchors. In in this movie, you feel like the anchors are just like, and a tidal wave has hit. Seattle. And I know. I feel like I'm really struggling with like, how do I make these characters find anything at this remote location? They didn't even have cell service there is the weird thing. Yeah. Make them find like this information to sort of build that. Like, is this true or not scenario? Yeah. It's a tough ask. All right. Impact. So I don't want to go into like an M night movie ranking. Cause I think that deserves its own episode of our podcast to really dive into. But I guess let's just do a little recency bias here. Uh, we can all agree, I think, that with Split, M. Night was officially back with a vengeance. Glass, pretty much understandably, and, and I think anyone was kind of anticipating it, a step backwards. I think old, the more that I think about it, I really like the movie. And then this is a 
probably one notch below that, but still a good M Night film. Like I think he has had more hits than misses out of three out of his last four, basically. Yeah. How do you feel about the impact? I'll, here? I'll throw in Visit, which was right before Split, oh, I believe. I love the Visit. I, I think the Visit is definitely upper echelon for him too. So if I'm going back, that's I think the Visit was 2015 ish. So we're going back eight years between those five films. Yeah, those are all like, even though I'm saying like, I didn't, I still enjoyed the film. I still had, again, what I said at the beginning about why I respect M. Night. I went in and I saw something semi-original and had an idea where the whole movie, I'm I'm questioning things, right? Like I'm, I'm wondering where it's going to go. I appreciate that. I felt like I got my money's worth. Mm-hmm. So M. Night is, I, I think it's not that he's back per se, or he's down per se. It's like, He's earned, it's like he's earned the next go. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like Scream, you and I talk about Scream. All right, all right, you got me in, in the next one. It's like, he he, he he doesn't have the bad, he hasn't had a bad run like he did in the mid-2000s to like 2012. Like that yeah, was where it was bad. Even like Glass is nowhere near as bad as like The Happening or Lady in the Water. You no. know, like he, and I still think he's taking the big swings, which I appreciate, which is what I need from him. We don't. I don't want my M Night Shyamalan movie to play it safe. Absolutely not. That's not why I'm going. And that's why this movie is so funny because it doesn't really have a twist. And then you're like, you almost walk out of the movie like, what was it missing? Oh, sh-, you know, because they're like, that's just part of his M O. Yeah. Uh, but that is the twist, I guess. Yeah, but I agree. Old and this, I think, are close. But I think I like old better. Just, I think it's just really aged well for me even <laughs> i get what you did there oh i didn't even mean to say that but yeah this movie like i would definitely recommend it to m night fans to the casual moviegoer i'd say i think you'll enjoy it but you're, you're not going to walk out with your mind blown like you're no better. it's not a it's not a changing like a genre changing movie like m night has done before yeah so i guess tying into that rewatchability i think with all m night movies there's always a little bit more uh that you gain from a rewatch like things you can look for although this one i guess there's really nothing that like there's no breadcrumbs that are set up early on i kind of just want to revisit it again to see the performances and see how those are on a second watch but it's not something that i'm like dying to go back to the theaters to see yeah kind of like the run we were just discussing of those last eight years i i agree i don't it's a kind of movie i have no problem re-watching if someone's never seen it before mm-hmm. and we're we're like hey what movie should we watch and and like oh you know what that was pretty good you, you i think you might like it like <laughs> That's the kind of way I'm going to watch this film again. Just just like old. My wife didn't watch old in theaters. And we watched it together when it came out in streaming. Same way here. Um, it's not a movie I'm going to avoid. It's not a movie I'm also going to like be seeking out. Like, I think maybe, you know, I revisited The Happening last year, right? Like 20 years later or whatever. <laughs> like, not to say that, that movie does, is as bad as you remember, by the way. But, like, it's one of those movies, yeah, like, every so often I'll probably watch. But unless someone is just like really looking for a movie to watch together and hang out on a Friday night, that's, that's probably the extent. Yeah. One thing I will say about M night for the most part, he gets his run times pretty manageable, which I appreciate too. Oh yeah. This isn't like a two hour, 15 minute affair. No, and it didn't need to be. And there's too many times we see in Hollywood, like they just make it, they like milk every second out of it. Yeah. I think he realizes my, my concepts tend to collapse in on themselves. The longer we have to hang out in these worlds. So let's be, get in. We, show you what's happening here and let's get out pun intended yep. again. all right any last thoughts cycle before we let the people go no merely my last thought is like all right m night we'll see you in a year and a half right like we'll see you in two years um yeah is he for the next one what his next project is yet 
You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I usually try to avoid it. I re- what I regret this time around, and I did a good job with it old, I, I didn't. I wish I hadn't paid attention to the trailers. And maybe because the trailer made this seem like more of a like uh, scary movie concept, even though I knew it wasn't. Well, even the title kind of lends itself yeah. to the home invasion, which is fine that it's not that. I still thought it worked. But yeah, uh, yeah marketing did not do this movie any favors. I don't feel no, like. I, I just think whatever he's doing, do it. Don't tell me about it. I'll see Right. Give me the date and maybe a poster and that's it. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, I feel the same way. I think he's still appointment television for me. Um, I just I can't help myself with watching the marketing and all that shit. But in this case, yeah, with an M. Night movie, I think always less is more going in. The less you know, the more you get out of it. All right. For our legal counsel, Ronnie Cycli, I'm the mayor, Jeff Hornacek. We are the Bro 4 Squad podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. In the description of this review, there is a link at the top to vote on our Broskers Movie Awards, which we do every year. Please help us figure out the best and worst of 2022 in film. Click that link to a Google form, cast your votes. You can find us on Twitter at Bro4Squad. And if you type in Bro4Squad as three separate words, we're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your audio podcasts. You can also find us on our website at bro4squad.com. Till next time, Cycli and I actually bet on Dave Batista's second grade basketball team. We need to go see if they hit the under. You'll well, we're going on the girls. The girls were much better record. They were five and six. The boys were three. That's true. Still, the over under was 12 <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> <laughs>